T-minus 50 seconds. T-minus 40 seconds. T-minus 30 seconds. T-minus 20 seconds. Own it, own it, Kong. I own it. It did. Women's Wrestling Talk. The number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. What up, folks? Welcome to Women's Wrestling Talk. I have a question for y'all. You know, like when you, you decided that you want you stop drinking and then all of a sudden all these problems present itself that you feel like you need drinking? It's one of those days. Anywho, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about our interview with Maria Canellis, uh, Seth Rollins, and so much more. And in the drop, we got Kay McCoy. And Professor Bonner, are you laughing at me at the drinking situation? I, I am. I am because I completely get it. You know, I think it was uh, Monica who said it's one of those days. And, Just one uh, of them days. Yeah, and it, it and it would be that for sure. But happy Monday, everyone! Happy Monday, and uh, we got a lot to talk about. So, who's hitting that first top rope? Uh, well, with, we have a couple of options here for this off the top rope, but I'll go according to our agenda here, which is this. So last night I am uh, watching CBS. It's a Sunday night. I finally get to sit down and watch some television. And there was a new show called East New York. Um, it came on after the Equalizer last night. And it seemed like a pretty exciting show. I'd seen some of the previews and it looked like it was going to really be a thing. Well, much to my surprise, as I watch this show, who flashes across my television with AEW superstar Miro? Here's the preview. Ah. That's literally the only scene that he's in, but in that, scene, <laughs> but it well, actually looks really good. It looks really yeah, good. yeah. So that was that was a scene he was in in the trailer, but uh, in the actual show, he was in a lot more of it. Uh, than that. So he played a character called Nikolai Dushkin. And um, in part of this, he was being interrogated. He asked for a lawyer. And here was his role. So when the show starts, there is um, 
this guy, he's in a van and he's picking up these customers and some masked figure comes and shoots the guy. The masked oh figure is Miro. Um, and so it's a question of, okay, why are you, you know, who is this guy? What beef does he have with, you know, this particular driver or whatever? So the scene you saw him in there in the trailer is him asking for a lawyer and he's being interrogated, et cetera, et cetera. They do some work. They find out who he's connected to. At the end of the show, he ends up being connected to one of the larger figures on there, holds the guy hostage, threatens to kill him, and ultimately gets shot by the main police character. Um, and so it was a really like significant thing. Whoa. So we, we've been wondering why we haven't seen Miro on our televisions in AEW. Well, this is part of the reason why he actually has been pursuing acting roles um, and roles like this, which is why he's been away. So during this hiatus, he's only wrestled four times uh, all year. And so this is a lot of the reason why. So we've seen, you know, actor wrestlers pursuing acting in other ways. But, you know, for all of us who've been asking, where's Miro and why isn't he on our television it's because he's looking to spend some time in Hollywood. And if last night was any indicator, he's got a future. Yeah, I mean, yeah. did you see it, Kane? Or? Uh, I did not see it. Um, but I'm going to have to use my Paramount Plus subscription. Or I hope the person whose Paramount Plus subscription I'm using paid their bill this month. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. So I can watch. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, what day does that show come on that features me? It comes on Sunday nights. Sunday, um, I, I, I don't know if it comes on Sundays. I think it comes on Rusev Day. It comes on Rusev Day. Well it comes done. on every day. Gee, well come done. on. We know this, well man. Done. No, uh, I'm excited to see. What? No! I'm excited to see that Miro actually has a reason to not be on AEW television. It now all makes sense. So now that we have this, it doesn't look like Miro's going to be in every story character. He might does it occasionally here and there. But I'm happy that the Redeemer got some redemption by at least being on television and can now be on AEW TV. So we're going to see what goes down with that with Miro. But shouts to Miro, man. He's, he's, he's doing his thing out here. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. We know CJ is pursuing a, an acting career for, for a long time. And mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest, the um, the, the money, the, the money in TV and in acting is is really is really, really good. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not consistent, but when you get that check, if mm -hmm. you're good with it, if you're nice with it, how you invest it, like, yeah. There's there's no other there's no um better job if you can do it correctly. So yeah, yeah. So I don't think he'll be recur it's not a recurring role on this particular show. Um, because uh obviously he got shot. So uh so <laughs> spoiler it's, alert. It's, yeah, there, there's <laughs> that. But it was the premiere, it was the pilot episode, which is a really, mm -hmm. really big deal. And it came mm. on a very full Sunday night for CBS. You know, it followed obviously a big football game. The Equalizer with Queen Latifah was a big, big premiere as well. So it had a really good space uh, in terms of where it would air. So, yeah, shout out to uh, East New York. And again, Miro, uh, if you're going to get an acting opportunity, getting it on one of the major networks on a Sunday night, very, very big deal. So congratulations mm -hmm. to him. I would definitely like to see some type of spinoff. If you got the Equalizer, then why not follow it with the Redeemer? You know, he's a wrestler by day. Redeemer by night. 
well, I don't know if we're ready for him to star yet. See, we, I, it feels like it's going to be a day of this. I can, I can feel it. I'll yeah, show. yeah, yeah. I'll show. Yeah. Got, got to get out of the Mondays. <laughs> got to get out of the Mondays. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so shout to Ron, Casey, JD, all of them in the chat. Uh, DJ uh, in the chat as well. So uh, shout out to you guys. Thanks for joining us. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, well, I'll, I'll take the next one and then I'll give you the one after that, Kane. Um, so the next one deals with an interview that uh, this, this Ariel Helwani, man, he's out there getting the interviews. Like, really you know, I, I mean, like, seriously, going back to last year, of course, getting that interview with Nick Khan, then the interview this year with Triple H. Well, he dropped part two today of an interview that he did with Seth Rollins. Now, this interview happened uh, for context uh, right around Clash at the Castle. So part one happened then. And during part one, he talked quite a bit about his uh, issues with Matt Riddle. And they apparently are very real. And uh, if you've not watched part one of that interview, it's really quite intriguing to talk about why he doesn't like Riddle uh, the things that Riddle's now ex-wife did in regards to Becky, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's really quite, quite interesting. Well, part two of this interview, which is now out today, talks about this chip that is on the shoulder of Seth Rollins, where Seth Rollins believes that he's never been given the opportunity in WWE to be the guy. The guy. It's really quite intriguing. He talked about how the one main event he was in for WrestleMania, that moment he felt like was a placeholder until Roman Reigns uh, was at the space that they wanted him so that Roman mm -hmm. could be the guy. Uh, he felt like his best chance of actually being the main event guy uh, was when Roman was sick with leukemia. But mm -hmm. even that felt like a placeholder. And so Ariel asked him, like, do you ever feel like you will be the guy in WWE. And he's like, perhaps in a different era, but in the Roman Reigns era, I don't think I'll ever be the guy. And he was visibly moved by that. You know, he's talked about a, a number of other things in this uh, interview. He talked about wins and losses. He talked about the importance of uh, his program with Cody Rhodes. Um, and he actually talked about feeling some kind of way about being the guy who's there to make other guys look good per se, instead of really mm -hmm. getting his own flowers and getting his own shot. It is a, it is a fascinating interview to check out, check it out. Uh, it is, it is something. And he even talked about how, when he says he never felt like the guy, it wasn't just in WWE. He even talked about it in his ring of honor days. He said during ring mm -hmm. of honor, you know, he had to deal with Nigel McGuinness or Brian Danielson or, all of these other folks who were the guy. So it creates a very interesting question. Could Seth Rollins end up going throughout the, the entirety of his career without being the guy? He also talked about when he found out about Vince McMahon retiring. He talked about the news of that. And uh, they were in an airport when they found out. And he said he was in complete shock. He said he actually got emotional at the idea of it. He sent Vince McMahon a text, but he told the world that he doesn't have Vince's personal phone number. He sent it to the business phone, and Vince no longer has the business phone. So, mm. yeah, he's not heard anything. He has not heard 
from Vince McMahon. And he said part of his concern was that he may never see or hear from Vince again. And that has been the case. He has not heard from Vince McMahon this entire time. He considers him a father figure, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And talked about the fact that Vince McMahon has made outstanding and incredible contributions without which none of us would be doing what we're doing in the wrestling business. So by all means, check out this fascinating, and I do mean fascinating, really interesting. with Seth Rollins. Yeah, he even talked hey. about the clothing. Um, I think uh, yeah. he said somebody shout, shout out Ty, Tyler. Um, yeah. The clothing, how he didn't really, it was kind of interesting because I thought that, you know how you have certain type of alter egos? Like, you yes. know, if you had the money and the ego, you might, well, I personally would be dressed in a certain way that I had the money and the time sure. and all this yeah. stuff. But it, 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 he was just like, no, that's not even me, which is interesting because mm -hmm. he carries it off. It, so it did well. take everybody a little bit of time to get used to it because it was such mm -hmm. a drastic change. But he yeah. carries it off so well. Like, yeah. you know, kudos to him for 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 those acting chops, for real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I saw some of the interview and I was just like, you know, if Seth feels like he isn't the guy yet, then there's more growth for Seth Rollins. You mean he can jump higher when doing the curb stomp? Oh my gosh. I, I it, it was shocking to hear that he feels this way. Um, I know as somebody who feels like that, you know, once you accomplish a goal, it's on to the next goal. So you can't really enjoy mm -hmm. the fruits of your labor while you're in the moment. You have to look back and, and, and see it. But Seth Rollins is a two-time WWE champion. He has probably a top 10, if not top five, WrestleMania moment in which he cashed in his Money in the Bank contract on Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar back at WrestleMania. I believe that was 32, whichever which one was in the 31. Bay. I'm I was 31. 31. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, two-time universal champion, NXT champion. The first like NXT champion was Seth Rollins, you know, IC champion, US champion, Raw tag team champion. He won the Royal Rumble. You know, he, he's a triple crown champion, multiple Slammy Award winners. And to feel like after that, he's still not the guy. Man, there's wrestlers around this galaxy who would kill for even a third of that resume. So it just goes to show that with Seth Rollins, he won't stop until he burns it down. My guy has a fire in him that's impeccable, and I just hope that he continues to do it. I've, I've always been a big Seth Rollins fan. I've been a big Tyler Black fan. You know, Seth Rollins is a first ballot WWE Hall of Fame. There we go. Mm -hmm. Solo mm -hmm. and the Shield, which could be, yeah. you know, the Shield's one of the most successful groups in pro wrestling ever. Who's ever mm -hmm. seen a group where all Tria, all Tria, put some respect on their name? They have all been WWE champions. They've all been the face of the company. So for Seth to do this concurrently with Roman and with the De the Dean Ambrose at the time, now John Moxley, you know, for for him to feel like it's not enough, the man. I can't wait to see what's going on because he's definitely reinvented himself. And I think these last two years has been the best version of Seth Rollins we've seen in terms of in-ring ability as well as ability to get the gimmick over and to make the right. gimmick palatable in more than just wrestling ways. Yeah. Well, I, that's the I, thing, too. Yeah. It's like um, the the ability to do, do that and, re and recreate yourself as a wrestler and for it to go over, that's not easy to do. 
Like that is that's and and, and the fact that he said that, and I'm sure we we all have experienced that where people look at us and we're like, oh, you've done this many steps. It's like, yeah, I'm not even, I'm not, I haven't even hit where mm -hmm. I I want to be. So I totally understand where he's coming from. But from an outsider looking at everything, for him to say that, I'm like, but you're you're literally on my screen every every week, and people either mm -hmm. hate or love you, which is great because some people, some wrestlers, they don't even have that. It's like, what well, you're. You're part of WWE still. So his name is right. constantly in, you know, in, in the zeitgeist. And then, then on top of that, he added the layers with the clothes and everything else. So the stuff that you named is almost secondary to compared to Seth Rollins, just name alone. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I get it, but, you know, you know, hopefully he's not beating himself too much that beating, beating himself up too much, I should say. Yeah, and I think for him, the other challenge which he really expressed is for all of that, he's still not being viewed as the face of the company, which is what I think the goal is for him. You know, he wants it to be where he is basically the Roman Reigns or the John Cena or or that type of situation, which to to his credit, I think he's got the work ethic. I think he has been present. I think it's all of those kinds of things. But to, what he says is, you know, it's it's above him in terms of who views him that way. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see as Roman seems to be at some point coming to uh, an end. And I don't know when we're all estimating probably mania of next year. Will Seth be in that position or will it again be overlooked and say, will it be Cody Rhodes or will it be, be someone Cody. else? You know, that's yeah. that's the question. And I think. And I don't know if he'll ever get that particular chip off of his shoulder. Yeah, I mean, Seth Rollins, more like Seth Rollins. He is him. Him is Seth. And I'm excited to see what happens with him. I mean, he's given us bangers. I mean, the trilogy with Cody Rhodes to be, mm -hmm. I mean, whatever you give Seth, he makes it happen. Somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. He makes it the match of the night. Everything we're seeing with Riddle as well. So here's this, uh, uh, to say that uh, Rollins is rolling forever. So big shouts to my guy, Seth Rollins. And, and check that interview with Ariel Helwani, man. Like he's really yeah, out really here good. breaking news, making news. I mean, really, really breaking news, if you will. First before WWE, because I had to check to make sure this was official. Ariel broke some news this weekend con concerning Seth Rollins in his match with Matt Riddle in the fight pit that's going to go down at Extreme Rules in Philadelphia that the special guest referee who we are was like, oh, fight pit, Lions Den-esque match. It should be Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock even tweeted about it. He was out here tweeting. <laughs> and Ariel Hawani tweeted this weekend that the special guest referee will be none other than UFC Hall of Famer Daniel Cormier. Like, Which is insane. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, Shamrock would have been cool for us wrestling fans and people who enjoyed UFC back in the day when it was just reckless AF. But Daniel Cormier is going to referee the match. Um, DC's been a longtime fan of WWE. He, he's made it no secret. He, he would love to work for the company. For a while, we thought that Cormier would actually be going to WWE, but that wasn't to be. He stays uh, commentated for UFC. But I've always wanted to see a Cormier-Lesnar match in WWE to see how that would look, way more than a Kane Velasquez match with Brock Lesnar in WWE. But uh, Daniel Cormier is going to referee, so I think this is going to set up, you know, 
something with him involved in the match. I don't think this is going to be a one-and-done thing. Maybe we can see how Shamrock debuted. Remember, Shamrock was a special guest referee or the enforcer Mm -hmm. for Michaels Austin. I'm sorry, for Brett Austin at WrestleMania Mm -hmm. 13 and end up becoming Mm -hmm. a wrestler there. So we could see something here with Cormier. Mm -hmm. We could. We could. Uh, What do we have next? Uh, Let's see. I think uh, we've got next. As my computer freezes. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> there we go. So, you know, it's dope to see that Daniel's going to be in there because he's going to be able to control everything. But regardless, somebody's going to need a medic. Uh, they need some help out there. So it's going to be very valid extreme rules. Uh, speaking of healthy things, congratulations and salutations are in order for our own women's wrestling talk. Big shouts to our girl, Katrina Blake. She scored an interview with Maria Canellis, Impact's own. It's very, very dope. The interview's right now on the website. You can see it on YouTube as well. And Fightful even picked it up to talk about uh, this portion involving Maria Canellis' women's wrestling army. Uh, as you know, she's been on Impact. She's ROH and WWE alum as well. She talks about woman, uh, running women's wrestling army alongside Bobby Cruz. The promotion launched earlier this year. There's, you know, Taya, Valkyrie, and the Hex with Allison Kay, and my girl, one of my personal favorites, Marty Bell. Do enjoy me some Marty Bell. Former Impact women's wrestling champion, knockout Why champion. Why do you say Tasha Marty Stills. Bell? Is it just Marty Bell? Because I'm from Virginia, and we just, like, stress our syllables weird. Oh, okay. All right. All Marty right. Bell. Um, Marty Bell. I, I, you know, it's it's it's, it's en français. I'm just, just double-checking. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I talk how I talk. I speak the King's English. I'm sorry. Public school English, TK. Gosh. Uh, <laughs> but uh, speaking of public, uh, health insurance is one of the big things that she's talked about. Um, one of her goals for the company for the next five years is health insurance, higher pay. Uh, and she speaks about, you know, just listen, all this whole independent content. No, no, no. Like, what are you killing yourself out for? So people have bills. She wants to be able to provide health insurance. So I think that's really big. And, you know, if you're, you know, a part of a big company, why aren't you taking care of yourself and having these companies take care of you? So it's a really dope interview and you can peep it right now. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely shout out to Katrina for that. It was a really uh, great interview. And um, I just love seeing, I mean, we did see Maria do, was, I think it was ROH, the Women of Honor. Was it last summer or the summer before that? I think it was summer before. Summer before that, when everything was wow, still kind of crazy, like, man, getting getting yeah. together. Big to rock so stuff. yeah, it's it's really it's really good to to see um her doing. You know, we 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 need different promotions. It can't the end all be all can't be AEW and WWE, even though it they Agreed. those are both great products. But you know, there's so many wrestlers out there and needing those opportunities. And the fact that she speaks to health insurance, which is not necessarily the case for a lot, a lot of other promotions. Of then let me health insurance ain't cheap. So mm-hmm. I get why why you wouldn't want to do that. However, if you want longevity and you know people to take care of themselves and you know actually have nice progressive storylines, you know health insurance would be would be great. Yeah, and just big shots to Maria, man. She's like almost twenty years in the game, y'all. Like mm-hmm. she's been in the biz for a long time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like her, you know that word means something. And now she's paying it for it by having her own company with Women's Wrestling Army. They're going to be doing an event um, in Chicago, actually, November 4th and November 5th will be the next set of tapings. So if you are in Chicago and you're tired of spending money on AEW, then give some money to Women's Wrestling Army as well. I mean, just, you know, just sheesh. But yeah, big shouts to that Maria. Part. Yeah. And big shouts to WWT, Ooh. baby. Absolutely. That too. That's that huge. too. 
Huge. What do we yeah, have next? Yeah. All right. Well, some sad news. Um, a major, major icon in the world of wrestling left us over the weekend as uh, Antonio Inoki, WWE Hall of Famer mm. and uh, the creator of New Japan Pro Wrestling, passed away over the weekend at age 79. He is being heralded as the most important Japanese wrestler of all time. And it makes sense. I mean, his career highlights are kind of crazy. You're talking about uh, perhaps the most notable wrestler versus boxer match that happened in 1976 between Antonio Inoki and Muhammad Ali. Uh, it happened in Tokyo, but was actually streamed on closed circuit TV in 1976. That predates WrestleMania. It predates Starcade. And think about it. They packed in almost 33,000 people at Shea Stadium to watch this match on a screen. That's a big deal. But he wasn't mm -hmm. done there. Uh, he was also the first Japanese man to hold the WWE Championship, even though that uh, title reign was not recognized by the WWE, which is also a big deal. Um, so shout out to him, first champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He also put together that big two-day wrestling festival in North Korea back in 1995. The first night had 150,000 people. The second night had 190,000 people. Uh, and it was his only match against Ric Flair that night as well. And they do a big story on that on um, – Dark Side of the Ring season three. So you can definitely yeah, I remember check that. that out. Yeah, it was that a, was a, a really scary good... situation. Yeah, you should watch it. Very yes. scary. Very, very scary. But that was also while Antonio Inoki was also involved in politics as well, as he even created his own, uh, if you can imagine this, political party. Political party. Yes. He had his own <laughs> political party. And uh, in 1989, he was actually uh, elected to Japanese Congress as well. He had done so many things. He had his own dojo in L.A., and ironically, Brian Danielson and Shinsuke Nakamura came through there. Uh, he was a big deal also for MMA as well. So this was a major loss in the world of contact sports. So what's the scoop on WWE not acknowledging his title reign? So here's what happened. It was, I believe, 1978, 1979. He fought Bob Backlund. 79. In, yep. in 79. The first match, he beat Bob Backlund. Um, there was some outside interference. So they threw it out. The second match, he won again with outside interference. They threw that out. And matter of fact, he went on and vacated the title. And then Bob Backlund had another match with Bobby Duncan, won the title back, and WWE never talked about it. Here's why they were able to get away with it. There was not nearly as much television then as there is now. There were a lot of house shows. So if you didn't see it on TV, it didn't happen. It, didn't happen. it was that simple. But what I thought was so awesome was during the WWE's acknowledgement of Antonio Inoki Friday night, they actually talked about the fact that he was a WWE champion and that they did not acknowledge it, which that would have never happened in the previous regime. So uh, shout out to them actually acknowledging that. But that's what actually happened um, with Antonio Inoki's reign. It's kind of interesting, to say the least. Yeah, a, a lot of times wrestling back in the day, you know, uh, the – homegrown stars the big stars would be put over the guys because it was a massive gate it made for a better ending i mean there's you know the old story of um uh who was it uh uh 
one of the Quebecers, I can't remember which one, like beat Hulk Hogan. <laughs> In oh, Canada. okay, gotcha. but like gotcha. it was like never acknowledged, like that type of situation. Sure. Oh, and sure. with this, I think Bob Backlund was in the midst of that like 800 year title run, so mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so that's why it was a five, played. yeah, it was almost six year run, yeah, it was like ridiculously odd, like yeah. ridiculously long. And, and yeah. um, you know, they just kind of played hot potato with the title and won it. And with the way with the interference happening, Anoki was kind of like, hey, I don't know if I really want to, you know, yeah. do it. And I kind of understand what it is, but it happened. So, happened. you know, who who knows if maybe they go back to rescind that and change that. That was kind of like the nature of the biz back in the day, like with Pat Patterson mm-hmm. winning a tournament. No, that never happened. Sure. Like the tournament sure. in Brazil sure. never happened. That's just a story that was told. So rest in peace, or- Tony Anoki. Go ahead, Jim. Well, I was going to say, or even the fact, you know, when the Rockers actually won the tag team titles Ooh. against the Hart Ooh. Foundation, yeah. but because the ring ropes broke during a Saturday broke. night's main event, they never acknowledged it. Like, it's those kinds of things that, again, if it doesn't happen on TV, you know, it's yeah. like the gram. If it doesn't happen on the gram, it didn't happen. So um, <laughs> That was the pre-gram, yeah. It that was, was the pre-gram. Now, part of me <laughs> wonders, now thinking back, like, I don't know if this was also a thing where Anoki didn't want to work in the U.S., you know, in, a, in terms of defending the WWE title for all that time. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the politics were behind that? But, um, yeah, it was a title win that actually happened. There were people to witness it. But yeah. it was never acknowledged. So. Yeah, big shout to Corey Graves, who kind of like bought that up essentially uh, when Absolutely. they were paying tribute. Uh, the news broke in the midst of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. I saw, I I heard about it just from looking at Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. had retweeted Nakamura, and uh, you know, then I translated, and I was like, "What?" And then I started seeing everything, and then I saw the alerts, and was like, "Man, yeah. y- you know, Antonio Noki. If you guys don't know, like." literally like one of the most important people in the history of professional wrestling on a grand scale and in terms of japanese wrestling probably you know second well ricky dozen you know that's who bought mm, wrestling to japan you know and and we don't get giant baba anoki took it worldwide Anoki create there. We're in year 50 right now of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and I'll say this he was a politician before you had a Jesse Ventura becoming governor of uh Minnesota. Minnesota. Like, and again, the things that he did. Here's one of the things that he did, which people don't really talk about. 1995, 96, I think it was 96. He went over by himself to Iraq to mm-hmm. negotiate a deal with Saddam Hussein to release 36 Japanese uh, hostages. Like, that's some serious stuff. He didn't just wrestle. He was a major figure around the world in both politics and in wrestling. I mean, that's that's why I think it's easy to, to call him the number one guy in Japan because of his global outreach, um, the way he impacted MMA. Um, I did not know this until a couple of – I think it was yesterday that I found this out. So the match that happened between him and Ali, the referee was Gene LaBelle. Gene LaBelle, correct. Which is crazy when you think about that. The LaBelle lock, Brian Danielson, like all, it's just, it's nuts that those three guys were in the same ring at the same time. So Anoki, man, what an amazing figure. And of course, this is the 50th anniversary this year, ironically, of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So for him to pass is just something very very serious yeah i think he passed sadly on the day of his debut actually 
uh, really of, of, of celebrating when when uh when he first debuted in uh in professional wrestling or like the day after because he debuted september 30th 1960 and he passed uh uh the first of october so that's and i that's that's why he was on my mind so heavy the day before because i saw it trending and we mm -hmm. just saw anoki at wrestle kingdom this past year right. and i was like dude he looks like he can he looked you know great like some young lion needs to be sacrificed to him right now just to get slapped. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. And right. and I and, and and I really beg of you to go back and watch some of those matches and, and just watch that strong style. And mm -hmm. you know, like it it, it all it all it, it all does start with him, you know. Obviously, Ricky mm -hmm. Dozen with Giant Baba creating all Japan and with Anoki creating New Japan, but a lot of the stuff that we enjoy today in terms of watching wrestling. It started in Japan, just like mm -hmm. the stiff, strong style and the yeah. emphasis on grapples and and, and holds mm -hmm. and you know not much King's Road because that kind of was more all Japan, but sure. but all of those things kind of like like cross together when you see guys like Nakamura, you see Muda, and, and mm -hmm. you see like it, it just really starts with Anoki. So I, I I cannot stress enough how important Seriously. he was to the game. We don't have Joshi. Who who knows if we even have Joshi without the Japanese influence. And 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 now you're starting to see Joshi, you know, and, and see stardom in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, mm -hmm. you know, just a list of things, man, like of how important Anoki was. And I remember kind of seeing my first glimpse of Anoki in the 90s when like trade taping was really mm -hmm. getting kind of like, like crazy here in the States. I was a little boy just being like, this looks like it hurts. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. like really go. Absolutely, JD. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he says, you got me interested. I watch way more MMA than wrestling, so I'll have to do a dive into him. Absolutely. You will like, enjoy Antonio Noki. That's a promise. Yes, yes. So rest is. in peace, good sir. Your memory lives rest on. And we're, we're going to enjoy your wrestling, man. I mean, Wrestle King is just, ah, oh, it's going to be awesome. I know what I'm doing tonight. Sorry, date. I'm going to have to cancel my date tonight. Wait, what? Because we have like a whole... <laughs> A whole like segment talking about Kane's dating life. We have to make this quick, but yeah. Well, well, I had a date tonight, and clearly, <laughs> leave a review. <laughs> leave a review. Josh, well, I had it. To Stephanie Hardy for that, by the way. Yeah, I, awesome. I I like the run. Leave a review where there was going to yeah. be a date tonight, but clearly that date's not going to happen unless she was to go on YouTube and listen to Antonio Noki's theme song and a loop over and over. Noki Umbaye. You know what I mean? By the way, that theme song was originally Muhammad Ali's, and after the match, Ali gifted it to him. Was like, "Hey, brother, this is all yours. Do your thing." I mean, the things that's been circling around Twitter right now with the Anoke Vader match, when he was kind of mm. going on his last run, and like Shorty's playing the harp and all of that. Ah, oh, it's it's mm. it's so good, y'all. It, it's so it's so good. Like it's just ah. Anyway, so no date. So you canceled your date to watch. I can't believe it. Yeah, we're gonna watch watch a bunch of seventies, eighties, nineties Parasol, a bunch of you know strong style stuff. So, uh, yeah, right, well. and and go watch Ultimate Clash, by the way, JD. Um, that's um that's kind of the one that you really want to peep. So, uh, Ultimate Clash was like twenty years ago, I think, which was like a big mixture, which we end up seeing in IGF as well. Like when Anoki left uh New Japan to run um the Anoki Genome Federation IGF, you kind of uh, saw that as well. So, yeah. Anyway. Clearly, I'm going to Tokyo after this. Wow. Uh, what do we I'm have next? The trip. <laughs> well, since love is kind of in the air, I mean, we go from <laughs> dating, sort of, 
of Kane McCoy to a couple that actually got married over the weekend. A uh, big congratulations goes out to the NXT couple. I think that's probably a great name for them because they are uh, some absolutely fantastic people. Vic Joseph, Mackenzie Mitchell got married over the weekend uh, in Italy, which also could probably explain the three-week hiatus of, uh, well, not hiatus, but the taping of three weeks of shows for NXT to let them go get married. Of course, Vic Joseph is the uh, lead commentator for NXT. Mackenzie Mitchell works backstage interviews. And I got to admit, I didn't even know they were a couple until they got married. So they really kind of held their thing together. I, I think, think she really, might have really posted well. it on her social media once a while, but not too, not too thick. And it was crazy because I did see Taya post mm -hmm. that they were going overseas for a wedding. Right. And then I saw Mackenzie's pictures, but it didn't click that it was actually, for some reason, I thought they got married in the U.S. Um, yeah. I guess that NXT yeah. money is, is some good money. Um, <laughs> I mean, they had a whole that's wedding. A whole there. situation, a whole wedding, and wedding they mm -hmm. cheat. So, um, no, they're not. Congratulations to them. To your point, Taya Valkyrie, John Morrison, Chelsea Green, Matt Cardona, lots of folks uh, made their way there to Italy for uh, this wedding. So, shout out uh, to them. I think, I think Johnny Gargano may have gone. Um, as well, because I know Vic and Johnny are really, really good friends as well. So mm -hmm. uh, congratulations to them. Real love is in the air. And uh, I'm sure that uh, the next episode of NXT, which is tomorrow night, the season premiere, by the way, might have a little extra spunk in it. Should be fun. Uh, I thought you were going to say, I'm sure, like, you know, Kane will eventually find a date. I thought you were going to go oh, that direction. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what he, here's the challenge. Like, we want him to find a date, but like, then if he finds it, I guess then it's the review time, too, because I don't want the segment to end that quickly. We, yeah, yeah, we lose show fodder. Uh, listen, big <laughs> congratulations to NXT's Vic Joseph and Mackenzie Mitchell for taking the next step. Because NXT, next step, they took the intermarriage. Like you can't womp love. You can't uh, womp love. Can't I don't think my, love is getting the womp. You can't womp off. It's me. What? I, I just took my finger off the trigger. I'm just like, he's, I, I that mean, sounds like, that sounds like deflection. Like, you love womp and love. No, but I mean, with, listen, if Vic Joseph and Mackenzie Mitchell were married, now we know that. So they're just going to end up leading to a tag team match with Edge and Beth Phoenix. So shouts to them. You know, they're going to take on Edge and Beth Phoenix or they're going to take on Seth Rollins and Becky or they're going to take on, you know, Miz and Maurice. But I cannot wait to see like the commentary. Finally, like a married commentating duo. You know what I mean? We get all the rest, but now we get to see like a commentating duo. So maybe they can like figure that out. I'm they just long angle podcast. Just, that's for sure. Just long story lines. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess Corey and Carmella. You know what I mean? They do uh, Corey and Carmella or something. Well, Corey and Carmella aren't married, right? They're just engaged at this point. No, they're married. Oh, they're married, married. Okay. Well, yeah, then they're married, married. We just have a marriage madness battle royal between all the married couples in WWE. Why can't there just be peace among the married couples? I mean, let there be peace. I mean, we'll, we'll if try there that was going to be one, I mean, I feel like Naomi. Ah, <laughs> yes! I'm just saying. I, I, that's, that's, who, is, that's who my mind is on. But, I would um, agree. <laughs> what, do, what do we have next? <laughs> well, speaking of chaos, GCW is known for all types of just 
situations. Uh, of course, we spoke about the aforementioned Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green being involved in as well. Well, my guy, your favorite rapper, favorite rapper slash wrestler, Leo Rush is coming back into action. He's been sidelined with a shoulder injury. Uh, he suffered that against Buddy Matthews at PWG Battle of LA 2022. But um, Leo made clear in a tweet on September 29th that he's medically cleared and he's going to be in the uh, British J-Cup for uh, Revolution Pro. And then um, yesterday, GCW announced that he's going to be there for the two-night event at the Showboat in Atlantic City. So very happy for Leo Rush. Big shouts to Leo, man. I think he's one of the best talents in professional wrestling. I know he kind of does his thing, retires, oh, raps, comes you, back. So I'm really excited for him, though. Before you to do Leo. that, before you answer too, Professor Lemp, this is going to lead into our win-loser draw. Mm -hmm. And lose or draw. <laughs> so with Leo, with Leo Rush, we have seen Leo Rush in and out of everywhere. Do you think Leo Rush is getting in front of Leo Rush's way? Meaning that the rumors will definitely do. The rumors that we hear <laughs> is that, you know, the reason why he's not in certain locker rooms is because of him. So do you think if he were to get out of his way, he'd be way bigger than what he is, or he would be way bigger than what he's doing now. Well, I just think that like the whole deal with Leo didn't have to do with him being dangerous in the ring. It didn't have anything about his like actual performance. The big heat on Leo Rush was what? Because he wouldn't carry veterans bags, if I recall. That was kind of like the big thing that he didn't follow whatever unwritten locker room protocol. It, you know what I mean? Like that type of nonsense, you, you know, like, come on, man. Like that was his big beef apparently. So if that was the issue, cause that's the only thing we've really heard from him, right? That he didn't more the locker room drama, like mm -hmm. locker room. He's not a locker room guy. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I've been hearing. Yeah. But what constitutes a locker room guy? The fact that you don't like let people put shaving cream on your head or, you know, carry wrestling bags. You know what I mean? Like that type of thing. Cause you're like, Hey man, I'm here to wrestle and like do my thing for 20 minutes. I right. Just, but you just, still have to, to say, I mean, not necessarily that that's the case, but in when, when you talk locker room guy, this could mean in anything, football, whatever. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you, you, when you're coming in, you're starting at the bottom. Um, and the, every team or locker room has their different protocols. Some of them are crappy. Some of them are okay. Like, you know, football players, the rookies pay the bills for like the whole team, like all that type of stuff. Um, I, I think it's more the humbleness part of it that might've got, that might've got him like, yeah, you might not want to carry this guy's bags, but you know, it, that's all you have to do, but your talent is so great. So you're going to be number one anyway, one day, like imagine Kate, somebody comes into the radio station and they want to, they want to now take your shift. Like, but you're like, no, you have to learn how to run, run the boards first. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you have to learn how to like, you just can't just walk in. So mm -hmm. I think that might be the case. Allegedly, we don't know exactly what happens, but what I have been seeing is that you see him at different promotions and then you see him shortly after getting into a promotion, exiting a promotion, which is mm -hmm. never a good sign. Right, right. Um, um, to that end, I will say this. Uh, one of the, the things I have learned about being in the wrestling business is how big respect is. Respect 
is massive. And respect isn't always, you know, kissing someone's behind. It is being kind. It is being considerate. It is being thoughtful. It is being respectful uh, to those. I, I've the privilege these days of being around a lot of different wrestling promotions. And you, you never, no matter how skilled you are in a particular area, you never walk into an area uh, as if you are the end all be all. You know, I certainly walk in obviously wanting to be as kind and considerate, no matter how well I know the wrestlers or not, I have to earn their respect because they've been in places that I haven't been. And so my job is to never get over familiar, do what I need to do well. If there's something that I need to improve on, absolutely do it. Find out from them, hey, what do you want me to call? What are your, what are the names? Like, do those kinds of things. Do the research on them to show respect. I think when you don't show respect, and I think this is true of any locker room in any genre, no matter how talented you are, if you are difficult to work with behind the scenes, then nobody's going to want to work with you. When you watch the interviews with um, Seth Rollins, he talks about that being his issue with Matt Riddle. The fact that, you know, Riddle, immensely talented in the ring, but did not show respect to people who are legends in the business. And so I think. To answer the question, I do think Leo Rush is in Leo Rush's way. Um, if Leo Rush and, and whatever it is that is putting him in his own way, whether it's insecurities or whatever, if he can get out of his own head, he could be a megastar. I think one of his best runs was his run in NXT. He became the cruiserweight champion. He had gotten the whole stuff that had been going on, you know, over in Raw behind him. He was being well-respected. And then, you know, he fell victim to, you know, some budget cuts and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I really think if he gets out of his own way, he's a megastar. So win, yeah. lose, or draw? Mm, to, to what? To him being in GCW or to him I think it's being just his, his career get, getting in his own way. Like, where do you, do you think he's at a, a win because he's doing things according to how he wants to do it? Or do you think it's a loss because he's doing things how he wants to do it? Or do you think it's a draw? It's just like, live your life. I, I think it's a draw. And the reason why I say it's a draw, I would almost lean toward a loss. But I say it's a draw because I think for him, he wants to wrestle and he wants to rap. Um, and so while I think he's got a lot of amazing talents that would suit him well in pro wrestling, if he wants to split his time, um, and this is the schedule that allows him to do it, then that's a win for him. So I would just call it a, a draw because he's not as great as he could be, but he's doing the things that he says he wants to do. Yeah, I think I think that it's a win. I'm sorry, I'm playing Tetris, clearly. Uh, I think, if you heard that noise, uh, I think it is a win for Leo Rush. I think it's a win for wrestling. I think Leo Rush is immensely talented. I've always enjoyed the man of the hour. I got to kind of see him get his start in wrestling when I was living in D.C. Uh, he's from Lano, Maryland, and he was doing a lot of stuff in um, MCW in Maryland Championship Wrestling. Um, so I kind of got to see some shows back in the day then, and I was just like, this dude is jumping out the gym. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And then a couple months later, uh, seeing him in, um, I mean, a couple years later, seeing him in NXT, and I was just like, dude, that's, it was crazy to kind of like make that jump for him. So I think he's a missy talented. I think a lot of stuff came to him very, very quickly, <laughs> uh, where the maturity may not have matched 
the maturity that the locker room wanted him to have. I think that he didn't get a lot of the benefit of the doubt of just this kid's 21, 22 in WWE. Mm-hmm. He just wants to wrestle. He doesn't, he hasn't had enough seasoning in the Indies to kind of get the locker room etiquette and understand why you carry bags. And I think the guys who carried bags don't know why they carried bags. They just did it because that's the guys before them did it. So for him to mm-hmm. kind of be seen as a you know disruptor as intended or intended that he or unintentioned that he didn't want to be. But I think after kind of having some time off, I think that remember he wasn't fired from WWE. There wasn't anything that got him fired from it. He was a victim of the COVID nineteen budget cuts. That's why he's gone. From WWE. Mm-hmm. So it seems he's always had a positive relationship with the brass still. I think he was more of a Vince guy than a Triple H guy, really. Uh, but I think Triple H still admired him to put the NXT Cruiserweight title on him and, you know, do the picture and kind of like keep up with him. And I think that after having some time away of doing other things, regardless of how hard he tries to walk away, Leo Rush is a wrestler. That's why we see this comeback. That's why we see these surgeries. That's why we see him posting these videos and being nostalgic and being like, you know what, dude? Like, I'm still in the tank. You know, this man ain't even 30 yet, Leo. Neil's like mm-hmm. Leo's like 28, 27, 28. He still got time in front of him mm-hmm. to quote his best mm-hmm. friend Mark Henry. He still got a lot left in the tank. He mm-hmm. ain't done yet. That's he got a lot mm-hmm. in the tank. So, you know, I think it's a win. And I think we eventually will see Leo Rush back in WWE, no doubt. Because he's yeah, the perfect mode having... for black and gold NXT. And we yeah. saw he got busy with Lashley and whatnot. But I think in terms of wrestling-wise, he's perfect for black and gold NXT. And if not, put him on Raw to have some bangers with Gargano. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with Triple H, any, any, anything is possible. But uh, before we get out of here, and I begrudgingly don't want to do this, but it, we can quickly boy? talk about the, the heel of the day. Heel of the day! Well then, uh, you said quick, so let's do this. There is a um, there was a big fashion show, a Yeezy fashion show that took place, and uh, it was in Paris. And um, you know, Kanye West, Yay, Ye, Yeezy, whatever he's calling himself these days, uh, is not one to shy away from controversy so much so till he decided to wear this shirt uh, that would say "White Lives Matter." He also posed for a picture with Candace Owens and the two of them together uh, wore white lives matter. And um, they did it for whatever their reasons were. She wore a white shirt with black uh, writing on the back. He, as you see, has a black shirt on with white writing on the back. Um, I could add a lot of commentary (laughs) to this. I really could. But the bottom line is um, the whole reason that the Black Lives Matter movement happened is super simple, okay? There are a lot of issues going on in the world. Last week when Hurricane Ian was going on in Florida, nobody spent time talking about hurricanes elsewhere. Nobody spent time talking about thunderstorms and lightning storms and sandstorms and brush fires and No, the conversation was about Hurricane Ian because that was the issue at hand. And the issue for Black Lives Matter still remains because Black lives are not treated equally as other lives in this country and around this world. So for Kanye West to decide to wear a White Lives Matter shirt, uh, that's rather heelish, sir. You're the heel of the day. Yeah, when it comes to Kanye West, when it comes to Yeezus, 
I am a atheist. I'm a atheist. I do not follow Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus. I'm a atheist. So I try to avoid Jesus. That's low key creative. I'll, I'll give you that one. Hey, At he, all he, times. When he said it earlier this afternoon, I was like, oh, that's, yeah, I, I'll give you that. That's, that's, yeah. that's, yes. that's, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> I am a atheist. I've told you guys that. The slavery was a choice thing, was not trolling. Him wearing the red hat was not trolling. This mm -hmm. is not trolling. This is how he feels. You know what I mean? And clearly he is a college dropout because he ain't learned shit. He hasn't learned anything. Maybe it should have been the college graduate to learn more. And he just. Well, you know, he said he never read a book in his life. Yeah. I, I mean, and obviously that's the whole trolling thing, too, to kind of like mm -hmm. lean into it. Like. I get it. If if one thing he can't read is the room. He cannot read the room. He doesn't. That's two. Or maybe he is reading the room. And, that room. Well, yeah. Well. In a different language, apparently. And the statement he's making, no one cares to understand on this side. And I think, unfortunately, it just gives fuel to that side to say, well, if Kanye, you know, see, see, that's the point. And it, it, it isn't it isn't a Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter too. It's never been that. Black Lives Matter has been, you know, a message to say, oh, by the way, the injustices that we suffer and when people commit crimes against us, we just want those people to be held to the same consequences. White Lives Matter was a reactionary message. White Lives Matter, that term didn't exist until you heard Black Lives Matter. You know what I mean? Like, Actually, it no, it, it just it started because of Kanye, because all lives matter was a thing. That, well, like this is gonna mm -hmm. be a thing, right? Well, now. it was white lives, yeah. then it was all lives, you know what I mean? Like it was just it was just oh well, don't forget this, don't forget that. And it was like, no, no, we aren't saying black lives matter only, like that was not what it was meant to be. It was never that we would have said it if it was, it was hey, as a reminder, and then people came with the all lives. Well, what was all lives matter from like the beginning of slavery until like 1865 or 18, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, like, like, like 2022. Where, How about that? Yeah. Till now, like what was that then? So I hate to even talk about it. I hate to address it, but Kanye is the heel of the day. He's the buffoon of forever. And I, I just, again, I'm a atheist. So we try to avoid talking about Jesus at all times, but we're going to have to address this because it's, because it's, it's everywhere. We'll see it. And, you know, him teaming up with, you know, Candace Owens, who, you know, when it comes to those type of people, it's always the hair. You just always look at the hair. That tells everything you need to know. And just hypocrites being hypocrite central. So remember, she ran a Trump bashing blog back in the day. So this is newsy. Kane McCoy used to do news talk shows coming out here. But yeah, just the hypocrisy of it all and the trolling of it all is, is just it's just very annoying that we have to, like, exist on planet Earth with these people. So, you know. Hill well, of the day, though. There, there, there. Yeah, Hill of the day. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I can't wait for the next gospel album. Whatever he does, watch, rinse, and repeat. That's, that's, that's all this is. Does something crazy, and then put out a Jesus album, and then say something about mental health, and then goes back to the same trolling. We good on Triple K, Anye. Yeah. Yeah, I have no words. I don't even. I don't want to give this even any more breath than it than than it is. Uh, freedom of speech is freedom of speech. So do you? Um, so is freedom of consequence. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. There it is. Uh, with that being said, sorry to add to, to end on such a somber note, but here we are, the end of Monday. Thank you, Jesus. We we made yeah. it through. Um, Don't thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Don't thank Jesus. <laughs> Kane, where can everybody find you? Yeah, you can follow me at you see it, Kane McCoy, C-A-I-N-M-C-C-O-Y. And then Professor. You can follow me at Bonnerfied, of course, on all of the platforms. Big show for Southern Honor Wrestling this Friday night, our four-year anniversary. Uh, Buff Bagwell, Teddy Long, like it's going to be a whole thing uh, this Friday night, which should be great. Of course, we've got Battle Slam happening, Championship District Wrestling, uh, Nightmare Factory stuff, all kinds of cool things. So, yeah, just follow us at Bonnerfied and you can get all of that information. And don't forget to check out our, our interview with Maria Canellis that is up on YouTube. It's pretty much everywhere, uh, anywhere you can find your um, your podcast. Um, definitely check that out. I also just dropped the, the link in there, too, for you guys who want to check that out. Also, we have um, WOW, um, our after show uh, happening uh, later on today. It might be happening at 4. I really need to get the schedule up. I will eventually. <laughs> um, definitely check that out. Definitely check out our website, www.talkpod.com. We are in the midst of Hispanic Heritage uh, Month, so we have articles dropping every single day, so check that out as well. WWT Live is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific time, 6 p.m. Eastern, so make sure to join us. That shout out to Casey, Ron, JD, all in the chat. We really appreciate your commentary, your adding in, and Ron as well. Um, so we appreciate you guys for hopping in. Other than that, you can find me on everything at TK Trinidad. Tell Wednesday, y'all. Thank you for watching Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. Ciao. Women's Wrestling Talk, the number one women's wrestling show on the planet. <laughs>